truth is authoritative. It is established by God. Growing in God's Word and learning what it means to take up our cross and follow Jesus. This is Crosswalk with Pastor Clay Stevens from Cross Culture Church in Raleigh. There are lots of people in the world and lots of different religions that believe in lots of different gods. And there are even lots of people here in America that I talk to that say they believe in God. But the truth is, based on what Scripture teaches, any person who doesn't have a relationship with God the Father through God the Son is, in a sense, an atheist. Question, how much would you pay for an atheist? Well, that may sound like a strange question, but have you ever stopped to think about what it has cost men and women through history to ensure the message of Jesus came down to us? All that they went through, all that they did, they did not see the culmination or the completion of it. They did not see the coming of the kingdom of God because God had something for us down the road, and they became, as it were, stepping stones. I'm Rick Freeman. Hello again, and welcome to this week's Crosswalk. Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the Hall of Faith chapter because it recounts the great faith of men and women like Noah, Abraham, Sarah, and others. Well, today Pastor Clay is taking us to the closing verses of that chapter to see what those who have gone before us have paid in order to advance the work of the kingdom and to challenge us to ask the question, how much would I pay for an atheist? We're glad you've joined us today for part nine of The Truth Project and our message, The American Experiment, Stepping Stones. Forty-one names. I know you can't read. I know it's too small. (laughs) Forty-one names. Most of us wouldn't recognize hardly any of them. And yet, you and I owe a great deal to those 41 individuals and the other approximately 60 people who accompanied them on board the ship known as the Mayflower. Depending on who you read, somewhere between 99 and 102 people set sail for the Americas. Those 41 individuals signed what is known as the Mayflower Compact. They signed it while they were on board ship en route to America. The uh, the, the compact, the, the document that they signed had to do with how they were going to cooperate together in a sort of a legal system and, and all that, that kind of stuff. Uh, they are known today as pilgrims. We call them pilgrims. Back then they were known as separatists. You see, these individuals, these followers of Jesus believed that the, the official church, state church, the Church of England that the Church of England and the king had, had overstepped their bounds, that the king had abused his power, that they had, they had misinterpreted uh, Scripture, and, and they, were being, they were being persecuted for their beliefs. So certainly, religious persecution played some type of part in their decision to leave Europe and come to America. But there was, in fact, and I believe that that persecution was simply a catalyst for something that was greater in store for them, that, that there was a bigger purpose that God had and that they understood that they had. The Mayflower Compact reads in part this way, having undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith 
and honor of our king and country, a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia. November 21st, 1620. Having undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. As their primary purpose for undertaking this voyage. For the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. They landed December 26th, 1620. As you see in the document there, they were aiming for Virginia, but they were blown off course and they landed in Plymouth, Massachusetts, a much harsher environment, much colder, much more rugged, much more barren. For the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith, the journey took over two months. Of the 18 women that landed at Plymouth that day, December 26, 1620. By April 1621, only four of them were still alive. In very short order, there were quite literally as many pilgrims under the ground as there were above the ground. There was bitter cold, there was disease, there was hunger, even to the point of starvation. Husbands were burying wives, wives were burying husbands. Parents were bearing children for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. That got me to thinking, what would I do for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith? What would you do for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith? Let me put it to you another way. And and this other way that I want to put it in the form of a question, again, as I've been giving, but the, the what I want to put this, the way I want to put this, what I'm giving to you is, is our BP squared. If you've been coming here for a while, you know what that is. It's your, it's your big picture biblical principle I want to share with you this morning. And it's this. How much would you pay for an atheist? How much would you pay for an atheist? Now, that may seem like a strange question to you, but I think it's a good question. I came up with it, so... Uh, it may seem like a strange question to you. And that, a question like that, how much do you pay for an atheist, usually invokes one of two responses. Usually. Uh, the first one might, might be what you might call the, the fleshly response. I don't want to pay for no stinking atheist. They hate God. They're God haters. It, uh, it does seem strange to me that, that many of the atheists that I've listened to or read, it does seem strange to me that they, they do seem to have a, a sense of anger towards God, which always strikes me as funny as, because I don't, how can you be mad at a God that you don't believe exists? It always seems strange to me. But I'm not sure that hating God-haters is the right response for us. The other response uh, to the question, how much would you pay for an atheist, uh, is usually what I would call the spiritual response. Well, I can't pay for, for an atheist. Only Jesus can pay for anyone's sins. Right? Now, that's certainly theologically correct. There's no question about that. But when I ask how much would you pay for an atheist, I'm not referring to paying for their salvation. We already established that only Christ can remove sins. Only Christ can pay for sins. When I ask the question, how much would you pay for an atheist, I'm asking you how much would you pay for an atheist to hear about that salvation? How much would you pay? Is there too high a cost? Open your Bibles, if you have one with you this morning, to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is a chapter that's known as this great 
uh, the, the Hall of Faith chapter. And, and we're not going to read all of that, that part today. We're going to read the, the last closing verses, verse 35 through uh, 40, with this in mind. How much would you pay for a person to hear about God? How much would you pay for an atheist? You can probably figure it out, but when, I, when I'm using the term atheist, I'm referring to it in, in a general or generic sense. Because there are lots of people in the world and lots of different religions that, that believe in lots of different gods. And there are even lots of people here in America that I talk to that, that say they, they believe in God. But the truth is, any person that does not have a relationship with God the Father, based on what Scripture teaches, any person that doesn't have a relationship with God the Father through God the Son is, in a sense, an atheist uh, and, and against God or, or without God or anti-God. How much would you pay? Hebrews chapter 11 Uh, Beginning this morning in verse 35. Women received back their dead by resurrection. And others were tortured, not accepting their release, so that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourgings, yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskin, in goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated. Men of whom the world was not worthy. Wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And all these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Because God had provided something better for us. So that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. In other words... All that they went through, all that they did, they did not see the culmination or the completion of it. They did not see the coming of the kingdom of God. They did not see it all come to, to, it, to, its, uh, to its final conclusion. Why? Because God had something prepared ahead, something for us down the road. And they became, as it were, stepping stones so that you and I could hear of God's love. How much would you pay for an atheist? I think Hebrews chapter 11, especially that last part there, I think it ought to come with, a, with one of those warning labels, you know, like they have on some of those medications. Y'all love those commercials? You know, warning, side effects include, you know, uh, <laughs> nausea, loss of appetite, insomnia, uh, uh, you know, twitching of the right hand and left eye and, you know, just all, all this kind of, it's like, it goes on and I'm like, yeah, who wants that drug? I think Hebrews 11 should come with, with, with sort of a, a warning like that. Warning, side effects include conviction, guilt, shame, tears, remorse, feelings of failure. Because I read these verses and, and, and I, I, I read about people being killed with a sword and, and sawn in two and, and living in, in caves and, and holes in the ground and, and, and all of this so that, so that I could hear. And, and I wonder... Was it worth it? Did they pay too much? Did they pay too high a price for what we call Christianity today? So I'm reading this book. I'm, I'm reading this book too, but I'm reading this book. Jim and Casper go to church. Uh, it's co-written by Jim Henderson and, and Matt Casper. Interesting. Jim Henderson is a believer. Matt Casper is an atheist. 
Jim Henderson hires Matt Casper to go to church with him. He pays him to go to church with him. They go to churches all over America to evaluate everything. The parking, the signage, the lighting, the music, the, the speaking, the, 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 every, they evaluate everything. It is fascinating to look at church through the eyes of an unchurched person. Can I tell you that? We, we tend to forget. Can I tell you? We forget what it feels like for a person to walk through those doors for the very first time and perhaps, you know, uncertainty or am I going to be, am I going to be received or are they going to look funny at me or, they, or what is this thing they're going to do or, or whatever else. Jim and Casper go to church. So anyway, the very first church that they go to, uh, they're sitting there and, you know, they go through the service and everything. And, and after the service, they're sitting in a coffee shop and they're discussing uh, the the event, the, the service. And Jim is asking Casper, uh, the friendly atheist, as Jim calls him, um, uh, is asking him to evaluate different parts of the service. And he asks him to evaluate the music. And, and, and he asks him to rate it by a star system, one to five stars, the way, you know, uh, travel.com or something does it. One to five stars. He wants him to rate it. He, rate, rate the the music, rate the signage, rate the, the speaker, rate all these different things. And then he asks him to rate the, the people sitting out there in the audience, the, the, the congregation, if you will. He asks him to rate them. And he, and he gives him a two, gives him two stars. And Jim's like, you know, okay, why? I mean, you don't, I mean, you're only with him, but why, why do you only rate the, the people? Why do you only give them two stars? This is what he says. I get the impression that this is something simply on most folks' schedule. Remember, this guy is unchurched, atheist, Saturday cookout, Sunday church. I I mean, we're talking about God, heaven, the afterlife, the the nature of existence and the universe, right? And to me, it feels like most of them are just watching TV, taking notes, paying attention to a a lecture just as they would in school, but not really engaged in the spirit of it all. Wow. Now, listen, I, I know this is just one guy's opinion based on one trip to church. I understand it's just one guy's opinion based on one trip to church, and he, I understand all that. But is that really how we look? Is that, is that really what this is? Is this, is this really just a... A schedule on our calendar? Is this just something we're supposed to do because we're Christians and, and we're supposed to? Is this, is this it? Is, is that? Is he right in that? Because if it is, then, then they pay too much. How much would you pay for an atheist? I, I want to I ask you that question and get through a couple of them. I, I've got several that that kind of uh, kind of pulled from Hebrews 11, kind of grouped them together. And I want to talk about just a couple of them, and then we're going to pick this back up uh, next week and, and finish it. But how much would you pay? What's too high a cost? Maybe we'll put it that way. Is comfort and health? Is that too high a cost? Uh, listen to me. I want you to think about this in, in the context of how much would you pay for a person without God? How much would you pay for them to be able to hear and know? How much would you give of your life? You need to chew on that before you just spit out the pat Christian answer. Comfort and health? Would you give that up? We like our comfort and health, don't we? <laughs> now listen, nothing wrong comfort and health. 
I'm very pro-comfort and health. But I'm wondering, would we pay that? If it meant the difference between someone hearing about Jesus and someone not? I, uh, I was thinking of this. A few years ago, we were uh, getting a trip up to China, a mission trip to China. We were kind of recruiting people to, to go. And uh, my wife was talking to, to someone, uh, if I remember right, was talking to someone. And, uh, you know, told them, you really, you really should consider going on this trip. And I know sometimes, you know, we, we just say stuff, you know, without thinking. I know we shoot from the hip sometimes. And, but she said, you, you, really, you really should consider going with us. And their, their response was, oh, I like my Western toilet too much. She had heard the stories of the, of the squatties and the smells and the stuff. Is that it? Is that where we draw the line? Is that too high a cost? The toilet? Text in Hebrew says wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. It sounds not very comfortable to me. I'm just wondering. For the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith, how much would you pay? Here's another one maybe to think about. Finances and security. There's a boy, that's another one. Well, I like my finances and security. As soon as I get some, I'm going to be happy. <laughs> finances and security, right? Right? Like, like that stuff. Now, again, hey, all right, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with being financially secure. And, 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 and I know security is a big deal, especially, and it's not, I don't mean this is a negative, but especially to ladies. I've discovered through the years that to you ladies, I mean, security is a really, really big deal. Sometimes guys are a little more, you know, stupid, maybe. <laughs> it's like, oh, whatever. Well, listen. But, but ladies, security, and, and, and rightfully so, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but would you pay it? Would you pay it? I was talking with someone this week that told me that their church this year was cutting their Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Now, the Lottie Moon Christmas offering is an offering that, that a lot of churches um, all over America take up each year, and all the money goes directly to support missionaries on the field or going to the field. It, it puts them, it makes it possible for them to be on the field. Um, t- hundreds of millions of dollars all over America are collected in the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. I was talking to this person that was telling me that their church was cutting their Lottie Moon Christmas offering goal this year by half because the economy was so bad. Is it such a foreign concept to us that it might actually have to cost us something so that someone could hear the message of Christ? Is it that strange an idea to us that we might actually have to just go without something or, or, or give up something so that, so that someone might hear something. Did you know that the International Mission Board, the agency that is funded by the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering, do you know that, that they had to hold back a couple of hundred missionaries this past year from going on the field because there's not enough resources to send them? I, I, I forget the number. Uh, Marshall, do you remember 250 to 300, something like that? Supposed to be 600 that were ready. These are people that are, that are qualified, been through the training, have the degrees, uh, been through their preliminary language studies. Uh, they're ready to go. It's supposed to be 600 that were, that were ready to go. They were only able to send 200. That means 400 in the pipeline that couldn't go this year. Next year, 2010, there'll be another four to 600 entering into the pipeline to head out. 
And with churches cutting back on what they're giving, with people cutting back on what they're giving so that missionaries can go and, and be on the field, that means that the, that the blockage in the pipeline becomes even greater. Because you've got those, those 400 that couldn't go last year, now you've got a whole other group coming through that if only 200 or so of them can go, now it's 800 that are just sitting there ready to go. But hey, we got time, right? According to the U.S. Census Bureau, in 2009, there are 1.8 deaths every second around the world. That's 100 deaths a minute. That's 150,000 deaths a day. That's 55 million deaths a year. Hey, we, we've got time. I mean, we can send those missionaries next year if the economy picks up, right? How much would you pay? How much would I pay? Oh, uh, by the way, we won't be cutting our Lottie Moon goal this year. Maybe we need to consider upping it. I told Marsha the other night that I think we ought to at least keep it where we had it, $5,000 last year. We went way over that. Maybe we ought to make up the slack. What would you pay? Now listen. Take a deep breath. I'm honestly, uh, and I thought about this as I was writing this out this week, as God is my witness, I am not trying to put you on a guilt trip. Because I learned a long time ago that guilt is a poor motivator. And it lasts about as long as a message does. But this is the reality, folks. And what I read about these men and women and what they paid so that I could hear, it makes me wonder, what would I pay Faith, hope, and love. They are truly the resources we need if we're willing to pay the price so that others can hear the good news of Jesus. Like the men and women of Hebrews chapter 11 and the pilgrims we think of this time of year, we have to be willing to lay it all on the line for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. There's a new Crosswalk lesson each week available at crosswalkonline.org and at crossculturelife.org. Visit us online and find out how you can join one of our life groups and participate in the small group study of The Truth Project. And join us next week as Pastor Clay continues this timely and life-changing series. Cross Culture Church has a new home in Raleigh. We invite you to join us for our weekly cross-culture worship with upbeat Christ-centered music and timely encouraging biblical messages celebrating the goodness of our God and what it means to be in a relationship with Him. Cross Culture Church meets Sunday mornings at 1030 in the auditorium at the Leesville Road High School, a mile and a half south of I-540, exit 7. We welcome anyone looking for a place to learn about God's plan for their life. At Cross Culture, you'll find a community of believers with the desire to be used by God to show that a life built on the finished work of Christ on the cross is where you'll find what you're looking for. Cross Culture Church, a new church for people like you. Learn more about us, who we are, what we're about, what we do, and what we believe. Visit us online at crossculturelife.org. Cross Culture Church, taking the cross to our culture and taking our culture to the cross.